How do you grow like a VC-backed company without taking on investors? Do you want to create a lifestyle business, a performance business, or an empire? How do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom? Those are the questions, and this show is the answer. Welcome, everybody, to the Scale Up Show. This is your host, Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Eric Olden. He is truly redefining the face of digital identity, and he's the CEO of Strata Identity. He's not your everyday executive. He's a seasoned entrepreneur and visionary leader and a disruptor transforming the way businesses navigate the complex world of multi-cloud and hybrid security systems. He's shaping the future of technology and security in ways we've never seen before, uh, ranging all the way from his earlier days of being a multi-time founder, as well as the senior vice president GM of Oracle, and is now leading one of the most innovative companies in the tech space. Eric, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. Appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to it. So um, I'm excited. I mean, I love what we're talking about on the pre-show. You got a lot of juice that we could definitely, definitely, definitely get into detail on. So, but before we do that, I want to do a real quick revenue rundown in terms of where you're at in terms of the stage of the journey. So everybody has context. So you could just walk us through where you're at in terms of your ARR. Yeah, but we'll be on track this year to end 2023 at about $10 million ARR. Awesome. Man. That's from Great job. 1 million. That's a big benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. It's been going fast. I think when you you have the ARR and it builds and it compounds, it's it's a nice when you get the flywheel going. So a uh, lot of work to do, but we're we're seeing the flywheel spin. Been exciting. Excellent. So what about what's your primary go-to-market strategy in terms of revenue growth? Well, we've got a hybrid model. We're uh, my company Strata is a uh, identity management company. We have a, a software product called Mavericks, and it's sold on a um, kind of a hybrid model. And what I mean by hybrid is that our configuration and using the application happens in the cloud, and then you distribute components that enforce the security in different clouds and different data centers that gets pushed out in this distributed model so that you have these two worlds. One is how you control everything. The other one is where things are enforced. And all of that is done through uh, SaaS software. So we've been bringing the product-led growth uh, motion to market. So making people make it easy for people to come into the product directly, sign up and, you know, use the product, learn about it by uh, putting it through its paces. And on that side of things, we're really driving it using marketing. And the other aspect of hybrid for us is that we have a sales led motion, which is led by our sales team and they'll go do outbound uh, sales development. So we've got a team of, of SDRs and these SDRs uh, support uh, distributed account execs and those account execs pair with sales engineers. And depending on which type of customer they are, they may have one of our partner managers involved. And that is a very traditional sales led motion. And what we're finding now is this really interesting intersection where the sales led motion is using the product-led motion to accelerate the sales cycle. So you get the best of both worlds, 
take friction out of the sales-led motion by getting people into the product very simply and very easily, and at the same time, offering them that kind of white glove service so that they've got all of the support they need, and then we'll turn those customers into enterprise customers. So it's been a really interesting combination, and it's working well for us. Love that. We'll we'll definitely dig into that uh, later because I love the concept of that and have seen elements of that of, of folks I've worked with as well. Uh, so I think that's great. And I, I definitely want to talk about that. How big is your team exactly? The, the go-to-market team in sales, we've got five territories, um, one AE, an SDR, and sales engineer, uh, kind of a, a unit. And so we've got all in with partners and by partner managers, I'm talking about the global system integrators and talking about technology partners. And so all in, I think of a company that's 65 employees, we've got about 25 people in the sales function. On the marketing, we got a very small team that's really uh, very focused. I, and I just love the fact that they punch above their weight class. Uh, and that's a team of five. And so and you kind of bring it all together, just under half of the company is in either sales or go to market in some way. Okay, excellent. And, and which is, uh, that's, that's a, I love that you said punch and bugger weight class with the, the marketing department with the small team. How much, like, I guess, um, can you describe your solution in a couple sentences? Sure. Our software called Mavericks is identity orchestration. And it does for identity security what VMware did for compute. And what I mean by that is it decouples the application from the identity security and allows you to upgrade the identity, say, from an on-premises Oracle system that you've been using for 10, 15 years. You want to switch that out with something modern like, uh, let's say, Microsoft Azure Active Directory. Well, to make that switch it used to mean that you have to rewrite the application to basically change the lock, if you if you uh, know what I mean. And so now what we've done is use software that allow you to mix and match whatever infrastructure pieces you want without ever changing the applications. So it's a very um, sophisticated piece of middleware, and it's really mission critical for uh, some of the biggest enterprises because without it, they're stuck, they got this lock-in, they can't move their applications to the cloud. And with Strata, we're able to save them huge amounts of money in rewriting applications. But probably more important than anything, it's the speed. They can move to the cloud very quickly because they don't have to rewrite their applications. Mm, love that. And I'm sure they let a love it too. <laughs> so, uh, and then are you bootstrapped or funded? We're funded. We just closed our Series B funding in, in announced it in the first quarter in February, and um, it was Telstra Ventures who led our Series B. Before that, it was Menlo Ventures who led our Series A, and then it was the founders and ForgePoint Capital who led our seed funding. So we've been uh, very conservative with our cash. Um, all in, I think we've raised a little over $40 million uh, to date. Congrats. 
That's like a, that's a, a big event when you 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 know you get a, a big round of funding like that, and I'm sure there was a, a ton of ton of groundwork that you had to do prior to that. Yeah, it's, everyone says, "Oh, it's like an overnight success that you've been working on for four years." So, yeah, <laughs> it seems like it's the outside world, but it it did a lot of work, a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. I mean. Uh, I've heard tons of stories. So what's the, I mean, what's your, now that you got your funding, uh, you're doing well from a, a team perspective, I, I guess, like, what are you leveraging the funding for? What's your top priorities now that you, you have that backing behind you? Well, it's, uh, to answer your question directly, we're using our Series B funding to get our go-to-market motion uh, defined and validated and repeatable. And we, before that, with our Series A, the use of that money was to get product market fit. And so as we made the transition from product market fit to saying, yeah, this product is the same product that all these companies need and can use because it solves the problems that they care about. Then the next problem was, well, how do we sell this in a repeatable way? And that's really what we focused our Series B financing on. And so we're pretty early in that process, but the hope is that we're going to, you know, get through this ahead of our next round of financing, which will probably happen some point in the next year and a half, two years. And when we go into our Series C, then the expectation is going to be more of, okay, you've got the model. How do you optimize it? And how do you get greater margin and greater, you know, KPI, whether it's you're trying to get greater size ARR deals or you want to have more expansion, whatever the, the criteria is that you're trying to kind of fine tune, that's really what we're going to do with our, our Series C financing and add on international and uh, federal uh, go-to-market. So kind of a long-term view is how I see it and start with a little bit of money and, you know, eventually raise a lot, but I'm always mindful not to raise more than you need because it can be very expensive from a dilution standpoint. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine uh, that's something and it's, it's a lot more on people's radar right now than it was before. Right. Uh, because of the pullback in terms of, money and uh just availability of it i guess like let's talk about kind of well, well one thing i didn't ask you actually eric is is when did you start the company we started in august of 2019 you're just coming up okay. on our fourth wow. year yeah so to hit 10 million that fast is is incredible uh so i guess like when was the concept born and then like how did you bring that journey to life well, the concept was born when I was at Oracle and I was seeing all of these uh, enterprise customers that were saying, look, we're, we want to go to the cloud. You don't have to convince us that the cloud is where we want to be. The problem is getting there. And we're not only going to one cloud, but we're going to two or three or four different clouds. So the customer had this problem of, how they want to move to multi-cloud, but they've got everything on premises today and they need to find a way to bring it to the cloud. So that meant that there's this hybrid situation of old and new, 
as well as um, you know multiple uh, clouds. And each of these clouds brought with it a whole another silo of security and identity. So it became a very complicated situation for anybody. And uh, what I saw in that was an opportunity to use software to do things that people aren't really good at. And so being able to put a single pane of glass, if you will, in place so that you can see all of the things that are happening on Amazon in the same way that you can see what's happening on the Azure cloud in the same way that you can see things happening on your own data center. And once you can kind of see all of those different things in one place, it's the holy grail for identity management. And so, but it had never been done before. And I thought, well, if there's ever one of these litmus tests about if it's a good idea or not, I think of it almost like is, is the idea crazy enough? Because you mentioned earlier, red ocean versus blue ocean. And if everyone's already talking about something, then you're going to have to stand out from uh, everything that's already going on because everyone's got a way to solve that problem. And they're, you know, really getting into the, the bloody fight of features and this and that. Whereas what we looked at was, hey, if we can find a piece of the market that people never thought could actually be built, then nobody's going to be there to compete with us. And so when I would tell people this idea of identity orchestration, the 100% of people that I talked to, and these are very experienced people, they said, well, that, yeah, you're talking about Nirvana. If, if you could build that, then you would solve the biggest problem in not just identity, but information security and, you know, good luck. And then we say, all right, well, I think we heard that enough. No one else is thinking it's even doable. So let's try it. And sure enough, I got together with my two co-founders, um, both of them who had a very long experience in infrastructure and software. And, you know, we, we built this. And within six months, we built Mavericks. And within six months of, you know, company formation that we had our first version of the product in market. And so it was, um, it really was interesting to see people who said it could never be done now saying, hey, can you add this feature to it? Can you make it do this? Can you make it do that? Since you made it work, well, let's, let's kind of take it even further and faster. So it has been a lot of fun kind of seeing that evolution where people go from skeptics to supporters and throughout it all, we had to have that conviction that you're going to hear a lot of people saying it's not possible. A lot of people saying, no, you could never make it work. And if I listened to all of them, we wouldn't have built it and we wouldn't be in the place that we are today. So that's that. Are you crazy enough? And does the idea seem um, so radical that it's really going to be create its own moat, if you will. And um, it's been a lot of fun kind of seeing that and putting it into practice. That's awesome, man. How 
Hello, this is Ryan here. Real quick, if you are enjoying this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment or review. If you want more help or just want to learn more about what the top SaaS CEOs and founders are doing, check out my website at www.ryanstaley.io. Join my newsletter, check out other free content resources I have there, and let me know if you want to scale your business. Now back to the episode. So what would you say was your biggest challenge in, because essentially you created your own category, right? So you created a new category and an offering in perspective that didn't exist before. So what was your biggest challenge in making that a reality? Well, I think the, a couple things, the way that, that we had to build a new category is to uh, find out if the problem was big enough to create a product and are you building a product or is it a market? And that's, I think, a very nuanced kind of question, right? Because some people would say, oh, identity orchestration, that's a feature that some other bigger product can do. Uh, and it's, I don't believe that is the case, but we had to have this idea of how are we going to um, talk to the customers and figure out what their number one pain was. So we spent a huge amount of time interviewing people and trying to understand the pain and product fit. And that's different than the product market fit, but it was basically like, hey, what's your number one, two or three problem? And tell me about that. You talk to enough people, then you start to get a pattern. And if our value proposition or the problem or pain that we're addressing wasn't at the top number one or number two, then we would basically say that's not going to be relevant because people just just too busy to try and do something that's not, you look at our own individual life. I start my week, I start my morning, I've got the number one, number two things I've got to do that day. That's the first thing I do. And then the next day, it's a different number one or number two thing. And so if you don't go after that really hairy problem because you're dealing with something that's like five or six, 10 line items down their to-do list, it's never going to get done. So really getting that high priority problem defined, that was the the first uh, stage that we did. And we did that with our seed funding and we did it with the three founders. And so you know, we didn't, we we're not expensive. We weren't taking money out of the company, but we were using our relationships and ability to go and talk to people who just, hey, sit with us for a 20, 30 minute interview and uh, let's see what we can learn. So it took a long time, but it was worth it because now where we are, we, in our go to market, we're talking to customers. We know what we're doing is going to solve their number one or number two problem. And so the conversation shifts now to saying, hey, we know in tightening budgets, you're going to want to optimize your spend. What if we could take this expense, it's going to be several million dollars, take it off the table and give you a better experience and higher, more sophisticated security. So basically, you're going to save a lot of money, but you're going to have to make an investment and we already know it's in the top one or two items. So that's where it made a lot of this motion 
happen a lot faster here a couple of years in. Make mm-hmm. the investment early on. Well, and so that makes a lot of sense. So you, you built a strong, strong foundation. So I guess like, how does that link? And, and this, this kind of aligns with it, it sounds like, but with your, your PLG plus sales led motion, like walk us through exactly like how that's working and, and jiving so well, just to kind of build on what you're talking about in terms of like creating a problem that solves the number one or two biggest pain problem. Yeah. So when you look at the, the keys to success in product led growth is I think having, it has to be top level priority in a company. If you're, if you don't make it the uh, priority, I've seen other companies really struggle with going into product-led growth. And they may have a product that's online and, and you can use, but if the experience coming into it is a really uh, difficult learning curve, then it's going to be really hard for you to get the kind of that experience dialed in. So you got to make sure it's really easy to get, become successful. Um, now, how do you get people to know about it from a marketing standpoint, marketing and product led growth are hand in hand. And when I say that the intent is that at Strata anyways, we use the marketing effort to attract people and bring them, make them aware of the product, bring them into it so that they can, uh, self serve themselves, get into the product and kind of learn all about it on a, a, you know, buyer centric model where they don't have a sales rep talking to them or getting on a zoom meeting or anything like that. They're just doing it could be two in the morning. Maybe they're, um, you know, doing it in another part of the world. So you never know, but the whole idea is to make it so easy that people can do it on their own. And then in order to get people to find that, you need to have a really strong SEO game and a very strong media game. And by that, I mean targeting, uh, account-based marketing, ABM, things of that type. Uh, because in the world of identity management, it's a very niche kind of thing. It's not a, uh, a very uh, well-understood market. It's a giant market, multi-billion, but it's not as, say, common as solve storage or solve compute where there's just a lot of ways that people do that. And so instead with the new market, what we did is we built content all around the problems that we discovered in our seed financing, built all those use cases out and looked at how do you write up content that describes the use case. And because say, for instance, your problem is modernizing from Oracle to Azure. And if you write a piece of content, a blog post that says, here's how to modernize from Oracle into Azure, and you have content explains how to do that, then when that person who has that problem, they're going to go into Google and they're going to search, how do I modernize from Oracle to Azure? And it's at that moment that your SEO game has to be on point because if your post 
or your article shows up, when that person's doing that search, then they click on that link, they're going right into that very specific niche kind of long tail use case. So it's kind of a, a, you need to think big picture, you need to think long term, because these investments that we made in SEO and this content happened three years ago. And we kept going, even though in the very beginning, basically nothing was working. Uh, we just kept investing and checking our analytics and doubling down. And as the market kind of caught up to our content, now we rank in the top one or two search engine results for all of the use cases that our software does. But if you're trying to do that overnight, it's impossible because of the way that you know Google and other search engines work. So think long-term with product-led growth. And then in terms of making it work with sales-led, it's the similar kind of thing. We broke down how people were going through our sales-led motion. And we looked at each of the stages you know how it works in Salesforce or some other CRM. You know, you've got your discovery becomes a demo, becomes a uh, proof of concept, becomes a a land deal, and then an expand deal. And so we looked at each of those steps and said, "All right, well, how do we meet that experience in each of those steps with the product itself?" Because when our sales team is moving that customer through that progression, they need to do that and have the product support that at the same time. So when we were doing product design, we really mapped up, mapped out the sales processes and then made sure that the experience and the product supported each one of those things. And so now when the sales team is bringing a customer through that process, it fits hand in glove with the product led motion and everything kind of is where it needs to be. Customers happy because sometimes they don't want to deal with the sales team. Sometimes they want to do it on their own. And so when they're in that side of the product, they can see it, do it all on their own. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Excellent, man. Well, obviously you put a lot of thought in design work into making that a smooth process. So, I mean, kudos to you on that. Most people don't have that level of attention and detail in terms of integrating the two together, you know, so... I would say that's really impressive. I guess like, so things have been rolling pretty smooth for you with, with the growth that you've had to get to 10 million in, in four years. What, what would you say is your single biggest challenge that you're running into now for uh, the next level that you're, you're kind of looking at? Like, what are you running into today? Right now, we are testing things to see which scale better than others. And so a lot of our... Um, our attention are on metrics with this series B period. And we're, we're basically just trying to get as much data as we can because I would love to be really, really good at forecasting. But the problem is when you're young, you don't have the track record to know how long it's going to take to get through, you know, various stages. So what we're working really diligently on is wrapping all of our motion in data so we can track how each of the deals goes through. And then now, I think probably the coming out of this year, we're going to have some really strong baseline numbers to say, okay, for these kind of customers that spend this kind of money, their cycle looks like this. And it's this many days long. 
And so we can start to figure out how many shots on goal do we need to make our number on a quarter or a annual basis. And so really getting as much data as we can is key right now while we make the customer successful and happy and all of that. But it's these long-term investments in operationalizing things that I think are going to really help us when we move into hyperscale here in, uh, in the coming years. Excellent, man. Well, Eric, we are, we're just about up on time. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about Strat Identity? And then we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, great. Well, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me again, Ryan. Um, if anyone's interested in seeing what we're doing with Strata and how we're building this company, I'd love for you to visit our website at strata.io, S-T-R-A-T-A dot I-O. And um, if you have any questions or interest in identity orchestration or how you can make security work across multiple clouds, we've got a special offer on our um, website at strata.io slash podcast. And if you send in a use case, we're happy to show you and demo it, and you'll get a pair of Apple EarPod Pros. So we're uh, giving that away as well. So love to uh, have you stop on by. Come on. Check it out. <laughs> Love it, man. Well, thank you for checking in. Thank you for being on the show, Eric, once again. And uh, thank you for all checking it out. It was a blast. And we will see you all on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering in revenue growth so they can flip it and create a life of their own design. So if you enjoyed this show, please like, review, share it on social, and more importantly, just share it with a friend. Share it with someone that you think could learn and benefit from what you heard on today. But the more we get the message out, the more people we could help, the bigger the impact we make, and the bigger the community gets, which helps everybody. So once again, thank you for being a loyal listener. I appreciate you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.